It's Maria McConaughey, the sister of Matthew McConaughey. 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 Well, you know, the reason I don't know is, is I'm not really Maria McConaughey. He, he, hey. Um, I'm Mary from Mom's Meat World, and I'm feeling a little silly, but I, uh, I want you to know that it, that's all right, all right, all right, because we're going to get into something really serious really quick here. Um, we're talking about death, a subject that's never, that never seems to die because people keep dying. Uh, so it's always fresh, <laughs> ironically. Um, but when we are going to get serious here pretty soon, but I just wanted to give you a little lay of the land. Um, we're going to hear from my friend Shirley, who knows a lot about the transition from this life to the next, because she worked or owned, um, a home for seniors. And then we're going to go right into at the very end, a little bonus broadcast and talk about, um, my mom's eulogy, because even though I love you, dear listeners, and especially you guys in France, I'm sorry, I keep bringing that up, <laughs> Ireland, Germany. I love my European uh, brothers and sisters, but I do have cousins that on a very local scale that live in Rhode Island and other places. And I, I, they want to hear this um, tribute to my mom, I think. So we're going to wind up with that. But before we even get started with anything, I just want to let you know that there's a talk by Brent L. Top, and it's called, I think it's called, what is this thing called death? You can look it up, but it's 2010 education week, BYU talk. And if you want to just take a really deep dive into what the, in the heavens are our loved ones who are dearly departed, what are they doing over there or what are they capable of doing? That's a really fun, deep dive. I will warn you, it is deep, but it really, it kind of stirs your thoughts and helps you realize if nothing else, that they are really, really happy and we want to be really happy for them. So without much ado, let's get talking to my friend, Shirley. Okay. We're here with my friend, Cheryl, Cheryl, whose real name is Shirley. But when you know somebody 30 years, you can call him, you know, pretty much any kind name that you want. <laughs> so I call her Cheryl, Cheryl, and I'm not Laverne for those of you who know Laverne and Shirley, um, but she is <laughs> Cheryl, Cheryl. Um, and so we're talking about death and grief and, uh, tell me what you were just saying about your mom, Shirley. Um, when my mother passed <clears throat> away, um, I knew she was dying. She had lived with me for 18 months before her death. I just, Went to California, picked her up, and brought her home um, during the holidays. And she, believe it or not, lasted like 15 to 18 months when they thought she would die within, you know, six to eight weeks. Um, and I did everything I could think of humanly possible, as well as mm-hmm. praying to the Lord and waiting for his counsel to things I should be doing for her. And she said it was the best 15 months of her life, which... Uh-huh which was wonderful, and she was dying of something she shouldn't mm. have, but um, she had colon cancer, and she'd already survived breast cancer. So um, I just, there are times when I would just start crying out of, just out of the blue. I'd just yeah. be standing there like in a grocery line yes. or, or yes. you name it, in yes. the car yes. by myself or even not by myself. I would just start weeping, yeah. Yeah. And, and I was thinking of her, and I felt like that was her way of wrapping her love around me. Wow. I never thought of weeping as being a wow. bad thing. Wow. Um, it just was like she knew I wasn't quite ready to 
feel comfortable right. by myself or that I'm not done enough for her right. or all those things people think of when they think of someone dying is the guilt. Yes. And the guilt is, is something that they don't want you to have. Yes. Because it was their life and they lived it the way they wanted to. Right. Right. Um, that you got to be a piece of their life, say being a son, a daughter, yeah. a friend, yeah. a best friend, sure. um, mm-hmm. a granddaughter, a grandson, sure. whatever. Sure. You got to a little piece of her life, but not her whole life. Right. I mean, you right. weren't there for her first kiss. You weren't there That's for her true. first date. It's a really good point. Um, you weren't there for the wedding yeah. in, in most cases. Yeah. But so you, yeah. Well, yeah. hopefully you never <laughs> yeah. know. You yeah. know, maybe yeah. you were. Yeah. But either way, um, yeah. you were a piece of her her life yeah. and it's a life to celebrate. Um, life is a celebration. I, there are two things you gotta do. Yeah. One is to be born yeah. and the other is to die. Yeah. Two things you have to do and you get to do them alone. Yes. And wow. anything in the middle, wow. I call the gravy yeah. and you got to be part of the gravy, the wow. sweet part of the meal. Wow. And, and that's how I see it. Or you may even be the dessert of the meal. Yeah. Who knows yeah. what, you know, I love that. And I love what you said. Uh, that's just such a beautiful way to think of it. I, first of all, I hadn't really thought about that part, which is so true. They, they had all this other life outside of you. Yeah. So here we are with our little grief. And like you said, I know exactly how you feel about yeah. thinking you're fine. And then suddenly that happened to me about three hours ago. Yeah. You're just standing somewhere and the tears start to come. And so you're, you've got this little piece with them, this very special relationship, but they also had this other massive existence yeah. beyond you, you. Yeah. which is really important. And, and they are happy and they, they don't are. want you to grieve. And I think that's like critical that we remember that. So I was telling you earlier, my mom and I had this phenomenal relationship. We, we really did. So why would I feel so guilty if we, we, if we were such good friends, we got along so well, it's the adversary. I think that tempts us to feel like to be, to beat ourselves up about yeah. being imperfect and we're all imperfect. But the way I solved it, this is what I thought is okay, mom, I wanted to be with you even more in life, but now you're here. Like the spirit world we know is here. It's another dimension, but it's here. So I'll walk around my house and say, mom, here's what we did since last time you visited. (laughs) Here's a child that's taller, you know, or here's, I'll just quietly sort of talk to her mom and putting away, Mm -hmm. look how I'm keeping my closet clear. And Tom came home and he said, man, your closet looks phenomenal. Cause sometimes (laughs) that's a little sticky wicket. The rest of the house is pretty tidy with my closet. I said, that's because my mom can see my closet all the time. (laughs) And I'm embarrassed. (laughs) No longer am I guilty, but I'm I'm embarrassed. (laughs) So this closet will always look good for mom because now she's hanging out here, you know, whenever she wants. Whenever she wants to hang out. Yeah. Right. And that's safe and yeah. that's kind. And I love the fact that you felt like you're, you're crying was like your mom giving you a hug. That's yeah. so sweet and beautiful. It, it, it can. I mean, usually you weren't just bawling. You just start weeping, which means you're cheering up. You're just feeling a lot of emotion. Yes. And you really can't explain everything you're feeling, yes. but it just feels like a warm hug yes. from somebody you miss or haven't seen for a while so or, beautiful. you know, it's always very loving. It's never... It's like, oh, I want you yeah. to stay. Don't right. go. We're right. not done yet. Right, right. And right. and so it's kind of that yeah. as well. Yeah. So it's not always sad. It's not. Or, it's not. And, you know, and it's almost, you know, after they pass, or at least I believe once they pass to the other side, and I do mm. believe there is another side. I do <laughs> Actually, too. I don't believe it. I know it, which is totally different. Yeah. Um, someone you. always comes to get you, just so you know. So and someone I, from the other side, when yes. you're dying, someone and they comes know, to get and, you. And you know them. You will recognize yeah. them. That's fascinating. Um, and you've had experiences. I have. I've had a lot. Over the 20 years in my adult yeah. family home for seniors, yeah. I've seen many, many, many people pass. Yeah. And I've also gone to homes. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, I've done the hospice thing, yeah. but I think you develop um, your own knowing. Is totally, that a good word? Totally, a knowing. Totally. Um, I always open a window. I know that sounds That's crazy. Cool. Um, Almost symbolic. Yeah, it is. It's your way yeah. out. You know. Yeah. Um, sometimes you're stuck, and everybody that I've ever noticed is always looking through the window when they pass. Interesting. If they're awake, um, if they're coherent. Yeah. Um, and uh, I had one lady that had nobody and um nobody to come in and be right she was she was 98 years old wow. never been married never had children so nobody on this earth yeah on this earth that yeah. you could see but, yeah but people on the other side for sure. oh yeah absolutely yeah. because yeah, yeah, yeah. when she looked out the window um because when you're living with somebody you learn intimate facts about mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. and maybe and we ex- Basically, you accept them as they are now, yeah. not as, you, as say, a family member would remember them. Right, right, right. Um, so I got to always get to be part of the ending of someone's life. Yes, yes. Um, so I would liken it to having, like birth. Yeah. When you're, you have your nurses, you have people waiting for you expectantly, say, in the, in the yes. hospital room. Yes. ready to catch you, yes. so to speak. They're right there. And they're right there. Yeah. And, But I feel like on the other side where we're from, and I do believe this as well, um, that there are angels on the other side helping the spirit move on to the body. Interesting. Or move on out of the body? No, moving into the body because they're coming from the spirit world. Oh, you mean for birth? For yeah. birth, yeah. 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 For, but for death, it's the same it's thing, only going out of the body. Yeah, you're going out right. of the body, right. and it's like... Right. I gotta go. This right. thing is right. not working correctly. Right. Totally. And yeah, I've even wondered about the tunnel thing. Like you said, when they're coming into the body, there's, I mean, obviously there's you a, come tunnel. a tunnel. You're coming through a, a, a birth a, you know, canal. Mom. Yeah, you come through a birth canal. But then on, when you hear about these near-death experiences, they'll often say they went through a tunnel. Yeah. Also, What's the deal there? I mean, it's um, sort of fascinating. Well, I've, I've talked, I've actually, I've talked to a couple of people mm. that have had near-death experiences. Oh, tell me. Tell which me. is really interesting. Yeah. And they only tell <laughs> people, for the most part, uh, except for that book, what is it by Edith? Oh yeah, yeah, by Betty Edie. Uh, look yeah. towards the light. light something, something about the light. Like, yeah, yeah. And she ended up joining the, the church, Mo- the, the Mormon church. Yeah. Yeah. And um, which which is interesting. But my mother-in-law, who who lived with me from the time a year after we were married, until she died thirteen years later, um, she had three near-death experiences, and she told me about each one. One was at eight, at eight years old. And she said, and she only tell, when she saw the book, she was absolutely livid. The Betty Edie book. Yeah. Really? Absolutely livid. She Why? said it was a gift from God. Wow. And that is not that only. Oh, she should not have shared it. She shouldn't have shared it. Oh, that's really interesting. That it was sacred. It was very sacred. So it was it true, was, but it was sacred. Sacred. Yeah. Okay. And fascinating. she was absolutely livid. She, interesting. I said, I said, I think it's a great book. Right. You know, from from my perspective, yeah. and she said, "Oh no, 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 no!" She goes, "That was a gift." Wow. To her, yeah, a personal gift, and yeah. she is now exploiting it. That's how she felt. Interesting. I don't know if that, in fact, was the case because I, I don't think that's where her. I don't right. think that's I think where her, her heart, heart was. Yeah, at. her heart was good, but maybe there she was conflicted. I, I have no idea. Well, and and you have to understand, mm. there's a, a generational issue. My mother-in-law yeah. was born during the Depression. Mm. She was eight years old in 1932. Mm. She had an operation. She had an appendix attack out on the farm in Kansas. It took them so long to ride the horse and buggy into town to get the doctor. Exploded. Yeah. 
and the doctor came back in his car because he was wealthy enough to have a car and came out to the farm and uh, took a, they, her mother, um, hardworking German woman, um, had her kitchen as spotless as she could make it, put this little girl on top of her kitchen table, and that was the operating table. Mm. And um, so he, and she's unconscious at this point. So he slices her open, looks at her appendix, pulls it out, stitches her up, and then checks to see if she's breathing. <laughs> no, not, I mean, not normal protocol. But well, no, no, sure. it was back then. Oh, it was. Back you have then. to remember, okay. this is 1932. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Depression's full on. Wow. You're out in the farm. A wow. half an hour buggy ride. Yeah, Ooh. not everybody had cars. Right. People, people forget the right. history of right. where they were. Yeah, um, penicillin really hadn't yeah. been. Death was a lot more part of the family than it, it was. is now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and about three, about a day and a half later, they were having her wake, sure. and she sat up. She's eight oh years my old. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! She's yeah. in the yeah coffin. coffin. Yeah, she Holy and they bananas. have them at home by then. Oh my! I mean, those goodness. are the yes, things yes, they yes. really did. Yes. So my mom's sister yeah. was at home completely. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. totally how they right. did it. Right. And you have to remember, you have to take your history book, people, and go yeah. back to 1932. Right. Right. And we're out on a farm. Right. Were yeah. you know it's 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 an amazing different wow. lifestyle. So she told you about her near death yes. experience. Yes, she she floated over her body. Um, she saw them. She could hear everyone clearly. Just so wow. you know, they can hear you. <laughs> so doctors and nurses in <laughs> the operating gossip. room, <laughs> yeah. be, careful be careful what, what you're, you're saying, saying yeah. because they can definitely hear you. That's fascinating. And um, that's why I wanted my mom's funeral to be. You know, sweet and kind. I guess everybody wants that because well, yeah. you know they're they're obviously coming. Yeah, they're going to hear you and yeah. and afterwards and for the rest well, of your could life. Could you imagine never being at the wake, <laughs> having a little girl of yeah. eight years old That's sit incredible. up in her coffin? Her parents must have screamed. They, I think she said everybody was mortified. Oh yeah, they just looked at her like, oh yeah, is she, you That's know crazy. what's going on here? Yeah, and um, given that, what the doctor did was, oh, she's dead. I can't get a, uh, I can't. Get a read. Get a read on yeah, it. She can't yeah. feel a pulse. Yeah. And it might have been thready at that point. And sure. what they did was put a mirror up to her yes. lips to see if it would fog. The fog. Yeah. And there was no fog. And he goes, she's gone. And he got ready to leave. And her mother looked at him with a knife in her hand because Dorothy saw all this. And she was, you started this. You finish it. Wow. So he took, instead of putting everything back where it belonged, he just slid everything into the hole, sewed her up and left. Wow. And so, i.e., she was no longer, yeah, she was no longer able to have children either. Oh, poor sweetheart. So wait, so your husband's adopted. Yeah, my husband's adopted. So interesting. And then she went on to have two more death, near death experiences. Yeah, she did. That in one lifetime. In one lifetime. Were they both like the one that she had at eight? Uh, Well, no, the one at eight, uh, I guess, according to to her, her her story was Mm. that um, Mm. Elizabeth is the name of the angel that comes to only get children. Hmm. And the question that she asked was, do you want to stay with me yeah. or would you like to go back? And as soon as she said mother, yeah. she was back in her body. Wow. She called for her own mother. Yeah. And then she was back. She was back in her was body. Probably so mothers have a big part of our lives, part of oh, yeah. who we are. But oh, we yeah. already know that. Oh, yeah. um, we, we choose our mothers. And, yeah. and it's my belief that we really choose mothers first. Yeah. 
the, the job that us mothers have is picking the yeah. right mate. Yes. I mean, that, that is yes. ultimately our biggest challenge, I think. I think so. Is finding the right yeah. person. To be the father. To be the father of your children. You know, I used to walk. It's funny you should say that. I used to walk around my college campus at BYU. And I remember, which is so weird to me then and now, but I felt like I should. I, I would just look up at the heavens and I'd say, don't worry, kids. I'm going to get you a good one. I'll yeah. get you a good one. You know, you're dating a lot. You're, yeah. There's a lot of people, a well, lot so of options. I didn't date anybody. I just knew who my husband was. Wow. Yeah, I, I knew at 12 that's who I was going to marry. Wow. I know that sounds like a crazy thing, but yeah, the spirit wow. already whispered to me. Okay, that's another podcast. That's, oh, another, that's a whole other thing. Just, we need to stay on. We'll do a marriage one. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a marriage that one. That is so cool. That is Okay, really let cool. me ask you a question. So in your experience, you've worked with a lot of families. I did. You've seen a lot of people pass away because you owned adult homes. A senior for home. senior home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, do you have any advice for people maybe who are about to maybe lose someone? Or on the other side, for someone who's maybe about to go. Any, any things that you've seen over the years you thought, you know, if they had known this, this would have been helpful? Um, it would be really, it means a lot to the one dying yeah. that, they, that they're being seen. Even oh, yes. if they have high dementia. Yes. Remember, you know, their bodies are getting tired and right. things aren't, the car is falling apart. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Let's right. it to a car. And right. it's such an old car that they don't have parts to replace it. Right. <laughs> A great analogy. Yeah. Um, mm. And that was kind of Dorothy's analogy. She goes, we've run out of parts. We're yeah. done. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I always try to do it with a little sense of humor. Nothing morbid, mind you, but just with, with some grace. Because yeah. I know when I die, I want, I want it to be a happy moment because yeah. I'm yeah. going home. Yeah. Totally. I'm going home. Exactly. I mean, this is a great place. It is. <laughs> But it's an even better place. But there's an even yeah. better place than this. Yeah. And and I'll get to see everybody that yeah. I haven't met yet, or maybe I already have, but right. we've been away from each other a while. Right, right, right. <laughs> Their life, my life, right. you know. <laughs> but they're watching you. Yes, they And you are. can feel that. I can. You can feel that presence Always. and that watching. And they're, do you feel like they're at all helping or guiding you in some way? Maybe. Yeah, or pulling maybe. some strings for you a little bit. Oh, I think I think they're always protecting those you yeah. love will always protect you. Yes, and you will protect them as well. Yeah. Um, I think that's just what love is is, yeah. is 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 a protection policy. You want the best for that person. Yeah. You're not working on an evil level or malicious right. level. Right, it's always love. Yeah, it's always yeah. on a loving basis. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, what if people come to me and say, Mary, I feel just racked with grief? What would you tell them? I would ask them not to do whatever they did first time. I mean, did they learn from that? Did they, let's say they still have somebody they love. Maybe it's a brother that's dying or a sister. Would you change what you did for your mother, say who passed away? And on the next round. On the next, you always have another chance to be happy and make make amends. Um, I I, I don't think there's a time when you don't have a chance. I don't think. I don't think yeah. Heavenly Father's set up that way. Right. I don't. I see him as a very loving father. Totally. And he gives you so many chances. Totally. So know that whatever you did this time, <laughs> say, while you're racked with grief, yeah. I should have moved closer. Yeah. Well, you, that's, yeah. that's really yeah. unrealistic. Right, right. Okay. Within what you can do. Yeah, within right. what you can do. Right. Whether it's a phone call. And now there are so much, so, so many, many ways to communicate. Yeah, like I'm thinking yeah. the podcast or, or right. the 
or Zoom. Right. For, oh my goodness, FaceTime. Right. We did the Zoom with my mom. And I'm so glad you said, no matter what, still make contact. Because we did all these Zoom yeah. calls. And half the time, honestly, Shirley, as she was just confused. Like she was in a completely confused, like, or, and she even said a couple times, could you guys go? <laughs> yeah, no, it's all I'm really tired. Yeah. Yeah. But I think just making that effort yeah. so she could remember even that if we it's were there. just 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. people don't. Mm-hmm. They really can't handle much more because right. they're already overwhelmed. They're right. trying to deal, deal with, with they're trying yeah. to deal with their own mm-hmm. death. Yes. And know that yeah. each death is mm-hmm. as individual as you totally. are. Totally. We're all very individual. No yeah. one death is the same. It's so true. I mean, if you're a soldier and you die out on the battlefield, yeah. it's still your death. Yeah. And you've got to also just kind of decide. Like I've noticed, I remember a woman that I knew that had cancer. I had to like, she was scared. She goes, I could die, but I'm scared. And I basically, we, my friend and I tried to talk her into dying, like, like oh. let go. It's okay to let go. And mm, I think sometimes I people, yeah, they have to decide on their own. But I wonder if sometimes people are holding on to life because maybe they need to fix a relationship or they need to, they're, they're afraid or did have you ever seen that? Oh yeah. Yeah. My mother quite, had a lot of those. Yeah. Um, like they're not quite ready so, to go. Yeah. Well, I, we, we had two weeks. They hmm. gave us two weeks. And then she was, my mother's very strong, very Mm. strong and courageous personality. And believe it or not, she wanted to turn 72 and her death date was supposed to be on her birthday. Hilarious. She's holding out for this. Yeah. She goes, I can't (laughs) die on my birthday. And I'm like, okay. She goes, I have to turn 72. Wow. And so I said, are you serious? And so I called the doctor, I called the oncologist and he goes, can I think about this? (laughs) And I thought, okay, he doesn't know what to do with this, so he's right. just kind of blowing right. me off. Right. Believe it or not, he called me the next morning and goes, this is how I think we can give her an extra seven days. Wow. And he goes, you have to do it exactly like I tell you. And even then, there's no promises. I said, I'm willing to try. Wow. And she she did. Her birthday was March 20th. She died on March 27th. Oh, that and just goosebumps. It, it was oh. even, even more spectacular was I got to be there. And, um, it's a very private moment. It's like giving birth. Sure. Um, but she asked me to lay beside her and hold her hands because she was going to close her eyes and never open them again. Oh, and I said, you were there. I was there. And that's who she wanted me there. She really wanted me there and she wanted to hold my hand. So I'm one of those few people that I don't have a lot of regrets. No, you don't. I I did everything humanly possible to make it okay. Totally. For 15 months, even though I wasn't, my mother and I had a very rough and rocky daughter, mother daughter relationship. Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, And Mm. I know you can end that, but it's something you're going to have to decide for yourself. Sure. And I'm going to tell you, it's so worth it. Yeah. Fix whatever you need to fix. Yeah. I haven't talked to my mother in like. Mm -hmm. At least a decade or more, okay? Just so you know, I'm not wow. the perfect daughter. Sure. And so mm-hmm. in 2000, I started calling her like I thought I could handle maybe a call once a month. Sure. And by the end of the year, we were talking every day. That is beautiful. For, and she was expecting oh, my call. Surely. That is beautiful. So, I love that. There we go. Are we Thank close? you. We yeah. are. Yeah. Okay, we're good. Have to end. I wanted to say, though, that sometimes... Um, you get an extra special bonus with that. I, you got to be right by your side. That's so beautiful. I wasn't there at the moment of my dad's passing, but my brother Brian was. Okay. But I do remember the weirdest thing happened. He was in hospice and he was sort of down. I mean, I would say down for the count, quote mm-hmm. but suddenly my younger sister came in and we're a singing family. And she just started singing a little bit of a piece from an opera that he loved. And he perched right up 
and even this guy, this guy's dying of heart failure. And he starts singing with f- like full dad singing. Mm-hmm. And I joined in and we sang like five or six songs. I went out in the hallway and I found this guy who had this voice, like, um, really, really deep, like James Earl Jones voice mm-hmm. and kind of looked like him. And I, and he was so big and I was so intimidated, but I said, the weirdest thing is going on. My dad is like singing. Maybe he's not actually dying. Like he's in there just like, we just finished like five <laughs> songs. And he said, no, 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 no. This young lady yeah. It, it was nice to call me on. This is a miracle and it will only last for a very short time. You take it as a miracle. He'll probably be gone in three days. Yeah. And he was. Yeah. And it was a miracle. Yeah. And it was so beautiful that we got that. And I think maybe God just gives us those. They like, do. They give you miracles. miracles. I mean, like I was telling you mm-hmm. earlier, mm-hmm. miracles happen all the time. We just don't want to look at them. Yeah. It, it might be scary to us or for whatever yeah. reasons. Yeah. Miracles are happening every day around us all the time. That is not even, yeah, we're not paying attention. We're not paying attention. And maybe in the next life, yeah. our guide or whoever will point out oh, that was miracle after miracle after miracle. Well, I think we'll already know. Oh, interesting. I really do. I think yeah. there's some kind of, you want to call it the veil. You can yeah. call it whatever you right. want. That's separation. But it has to be there yeah. for us to actually experience. Yeah. The yeah. moment. Yeah. And then we, cause hindsight's 2020. You hear that yeah. all the time, especially this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that anyway, note, we're going to say probably, goodbye. Yeah, we need to say goodbye. <laughs> Thanks so much guys. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Okay, dear listeners, it's time for a broadcast bonus. I feel like we should have game show music there. <laughs> Maybe it's we evolve. We'll add broadcast bonus game music. Um, but right now it's just the eulogy for my mom that has been requested. So here you go. This is what we, what I said on the day of her funeral. When Mary Elizabeth Gannon Shooty got married, she carried a bouquet of white daisies. This was an ideal flower choice for Mary because daisies reflect Mary's purity, innocent nature, and her love of simplicity. Leonardo da Vinci has said that simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. So in that capacity, Mary did have the sophistication that can come from simplicity, but she was never pretentious, overstated, or ostentatious. Daisies, of course, are the same way. Daisies are simple and charming in a happy to blend in quietly with anything sort of way. Daisies are hardy, drought resistant, and a dream flower for gardeners because they can bloom in almost any situation. Mom could too. Mary blossomed and lived and her spirit has never stopped living. We will all see her again. And we see reflections of her all around us today. We see it in our mutual love of humor of music, in our fondness for Ireland, in intellectual curiosity, in optimism, in tenderheartedness, in deep listening skills. Recently, it was my turn to listen deeply, and what I heard regarding my mom surprised me. Here's what happened. When mom passed away, I had a feeling I would be speaking, and I kneeled down and begged Heavenly Father and my mom to help me know what she wanted me to say. I went to sleep, and I was woken in the morning with an impression so clear and so definitive that I can testify it was from heaven and strongly endorsed by mom. The impression was only four words, a quote, soft front, strong back. I had to go and look this up because even though it seemed like I had read that quote years ago, I hadn't thought of it since soft front, strong back means that you were able to face the world with a soft front of vulnerability, authenticity, compassion, and confidence because you have a strong back that comes from living a life of integrity. On the other hand, if backs are weak, there's a tendency to be brittle 
and defensive because we're trying to hide weak spines that lack authentic confidence. Mom had a strong front. Uh, sorry, mom had a soft front and a strong back in part because she made efforts, albeit imperfect, to live by the words of our Savior who said, Let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly, and then shall thy confidence wax strong in the presence of God. Mom was soft and real because her back was strong as steel. This came from a life stubbornly bent on keeping the commandments. Now, I don't think I ever heard my mom say the word commandments. Mom rarely spoke of religion, and not very often of faith. She was modest in dress, demeanor, and speech, but underneath her calm, peaceful exterior, there was so much hard spiritual work going on. An Olympian can perform and look effortless, but oh my, the work we know came before that performance. And this is what I also learned from the spirit that morning when I was given the quote of soft front, strong back. Mom had worked hard, Olympian hard, harder than I had ever realized behind the scenes. And also way before her children came on the scene to develop Christ-like qualities. Mom's easy daisy persona was the result of decisions made before this world, before she came to this world, to partner with her father in heaven, to bring goodness to her mission on earth. Heavenly Father wanted her to forgive. She forgave. He wanted her to be patient. She was really good at patience. He wanted her to be a peacemaker. She made peace. He wanted her to keep the commandments. She tried hard. He wanted her to repent. She repented. He wanted her to love her family with enormous heart and she never let him down. I can bear testimony of this. What looked simple was not at all simple. Mom knew exactly what she was doing in making the efforts it took to make the righteous choices she made. Mom came valiant. She left valiant. She was not perfect. Not at all. And no one is. But mom knew what she came here to do. It was to follow in the steps of our Savior who said, for I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me deep down and more than any other thing. Mom wanted this too, to do the will of her father in heaven. We could all see the pure Daisy. That was Mary Elizabeth Gannon Shooty. What we didn't see were the roots beneath the ground. These roots were thick and strong and connected unflinchingly to the master gardener our Savior, Jesus Christ. Mary's father, Frank, nicknamed Mary Bright Eyes. The name stuck. Her eyes were bright because her countenance was filled with the light that comes from humility. Our Savior said, Everyone who humbles himself shall be exalted. It took serious soul work for Mary Gannon to be that humble. She was one of the most humble and pure people we all ever knew. And we look forward to seeing you, Mom, in your exaltation. Please put in a good word for us. We know you're near, blessing us and guiding us back to you. Thank you for having that soft front, that strong back, and those extraordinarily beautiful, eternally bright eyes. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. We love you, dear listeners. Have a great week. We'll see you next time on Mom's Meet World.